tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Welcome, everybody, to Black Hollywood Live. This is Conversations, and I am your host, AJ. And today, I will be talking to a very special, special woman who is always on the go, and she is just busy. Miss Alice Foy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Now, everybody, let me just let you know, she is the Jane of All Trades from Event Productions to starting her own production company, Jane Ella, to even her own podcast, The World is Her Office, to Digital Jane. You are just a busy woman. I so, am. I do too much. I do too much. <laughs> no, and it's good to talk about it all. Let's know, how have you been holding up while in quarantine? Well, it's been very interesting. You know, the event industry is completely shut down. Nothing is moving. We're not working. Um, and a week prior to shutdown, I was in New York for what would have been the biggest contract of my freelance career. And then everything just stopped. Um, so I've really been using this time just to get to know myself better, you know, taking care of my body a little bit more and resting and working on the digital journey. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. I feel like with quarantine, it was a time for everybody to kind of sit still and yeah. activity and explore themselves. So I definitely understand. So yeah. I do want to get into um, what you do, your event production. Um, so I know that you had led projects for Spike Lee, Nike, Adidas, and you was also a part of the planning team for Hillary Clinton's reception. So how wow, you-, you did your research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, girl. That's no I, I had okay. to know who I was talking to. So, yeah. but no, you do a lot. I was really just mind blown because I like you, you do a lot. And I feel like um you're like inspiration for women. And also you like to help other women out and try to figure out what their passions are and organize their um whatever uh, well entrepreneurship just in general. So I want to know how did you get into production, event production? I actually got into event production kind of on accident. Like I originally started wanting to be a nurse. I love to tell this story because it's so left field. You know, initially I wanted to do something safe like nursing and I was applying for a program, couldn't get in like nursing programs are really competitive. Um, And so I had a friend at the time, I was also working as a cocktail waitress at a casino, but that's a whole nother story. So I was slowly but surely trying to like, figure out what could be my thing you know in 2013 the black entrepreneurship space wasn't as big as it is now you know if we were starting I would say a lot of the millennials were starting to look into building businesses and things like that so my first venture was actually called empire marketing and promotion so I was doing all these little like um, speed networking events I hosted my first vision board party under empire marketing and that's when I started to get interested in hosting and like gathering people I didn't really know what to call it I'm like I don't know I kind of don't really understand what I'm doing yet but I knew that I liked creating experiences and I liked the results of seeing people enjoy what I made um so a good friend of mine at the time I was volunteering for her um nonprofit, and she tagged me in a post on Facebook looking for an event manager for a ballroom on the south side of Chicago called Parkway Ballroom. So I like to say I earned my stripes at Parkway. We were doing over 200 events a year, um, including the Hillary Clinton reception that I helped out with, uh, Spike Lee's thing, and then a lot of like weddings, birthday parties, and things like that. Mm, Okay. So are you originally from Chicago? 
Yes, I'm from Chicago. I, uh, you know, Chicago. people from Chicago love Chicago. So, yes, <laughs> so, you know, just like, so how did you end up um, going to LA? So, fast forward, I'm at Parkway for maybe two, two and a half years. I get promoted to the event manager in the office, which means I'm kind of like the lead over renting the space, doing all the events, hiring, firing, running catering. We had three different venue spaces within there. And so I was like running all this stuff. And the owner, we had just finished doing interviews. He was looking to find someone to help me in the office. And he was like, so what did you think about the last person? I was like, I'm moving to LA. <laughs> and he was like, what? I was like, I am moving to LA. And once I said it, even though I was thinking about it, I hadn't really done any planning. So I just literally gave myself two months um, and just completely uprooted. I didn't have any friends here, any family. I didn't have a car, didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live. Like I came here with a thousand dollars in a dream. And I figured that once I got here, I was hungry so I could make it work. I'm like, whatever happens, I'll figure it out. Um, so I lived in Airbnbs for the first two and a half months of being in LA. And I got my first contract within 10 days of being here. So yes. it's been four years now, time flies, but yeah, it's already been four years since I came. Yes, no, that's definitely good. I know a lot of people come out to LA with the vision and it's important that you have to have, I feel like you have to be organized and you just have to have, um, like you have to be dedicated to what you're doing. Cause a lot yes. of people come out to LA and they get lost in the sauce and you just got to really have your mind on what you really want to do and stay focused on it. So that is definitely good. That is so true. Um, so you did, so after, um, working, um, well, you, Alice Foy, that is what you did your freelance under, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that led you to starting your own production company, Jane Ella Productions? Yes. So mm -hmm. it was actually kind of happening at the same time. A good friend of mine, her name is Patty. Um, as I was doing these little events and they were all so cute and like signature and people were really interested in Chicago. She was like, you have to create something like Jane Ella was given to me as a line similar to like a case Bay. You know, I wanted to have a product line of like business totes and things for, for professional women. Like I wanted these bags for movers and shakers, but that's expensive. So if you've ever tried to start a product line, you already know how much that costs. So she was like, why not just start to host these events under Jane Ella to build the audience? And so that's what I started to do. But at the same time, I was like, I want to help other women to host events for their brands as well. So Jane Ella Productions was my way of making sure that women were having quality and affordable events. Like you can do intimate events for your brand, but they can be quality experiences. Like, you know, you may only have a thousand dollars, but I can make a thousand dollars go a long way in a live experience. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So that was kind of the start of, you know, doing my own thing. And so I registered Jane Ella Productions as an incorporation. And then later Jane Ella and Company became a vertical of that so that I could offer service and then also continue to do the experiences that we were doing. Yes. And so under Jane Ella Productions, um, some of the things that you do are media brunches, social mixers. Um, is there anything um, that's, which one was your favorite um, event that you put on through Jane Ella Productions? Um, favorite event under Jane Ella Productions, I would say Stacey Ike's media brunch. Um, she was, I, I think her. she was a part of, of After Buzz in, in Black Hollywood yes, at one was. point. Yeah. Um, so at this time she was on, on tonight, uh, for all network and 
she wanted to have her first live event experience. And when I say I was able to pull in sponsorships and partners and like we really got creative and it's beautiful. It's still a beautiful event when I look back at the pictures in the video that came out really great. So that was one, um, a client that wasn't afraid to use her voice and to tap into resources and to build relationships um, because that gives other people opportunity as well. So if you have an event experience, you give seven to 10 other businesses opportunity to be a part of it, that's more visibility for, for them. So all those cross-marketing opportunities really matter. And I really love doing that. Um, there wasn't a lot of money in Jane Ellen Productions, but it was still my heart's work, you know. Yes, no. Um, I love that you just create spaces for women that's led by women and just featuring all women-led brands. So Thank you're definitely you. Yes, I love that. I feel like we have to Thank always have the industry is just because it's a lot of tearing down. So when I see another black woman just building up another black woman, I applaud that. So yes, yes girl, we have to do it. I mean, we're all so talented. And I literally just told someone there's nothing I love more than putting checks in people I know hands. Like if I can tap all of my friends who are dope and doing things, if I get a project, that's what I love to do. You know, and sometimes it's not always money that you can provide. Sometimes it's just opportunity. So you following your dreams creates an opportunity for other people to follow theirs as well. So I've been doing that for as long as I remember. As soon as I start something, I'm like, who would be good at this? You know, and God always puts the right people into alignment with me to carry the vision out. Yes, um, definitely understand that. Now, I do want to get into your podcast, The World okay. is which I love because I feel like with you, you're such a busy woman and you're everywhere. And so the title was true, like the world is our office because I feel like yes. women, they limit themselves and I feel like we can do everything. Like don't just limit yourself to office work or, you know, just working a standard nine to five. Like I feel like we could flourish if we just really put our minds Absolutely. to it. Um, mm -hmm. so can you tell me more about your podcast? Yeah, so the world is her office was birthed. So first of all, Kanye tweeted Kanye West back in like 2015. I was a diehard Kanye West fan. Now, not so much anymore. Um, but he tweeted, the world is our office. The world is our office. And I was like, I resonated so much with it because at that point I was starting to work everywhere and back of Ubers on rooftops by the pool and parks in my car in the house like wherever I wanted I could work and people would always be like how are you working like where you want to work like how does this work how how do you freelance how do you get into what you do and I think there's nothing more powerful than giving a woman the opportunity to work and create from wherever she wants to be um if you've ever had a nine-to-five job that mundane having to go in whether you feel up to it or not whether your spirits are, are, you know, aligned or not, whether, you know, what, whatever. We are day-to-day -day different. And I love the opportunity to be flexible in the way that I approach my work. Um, and it also makes me creative to just be able to switch things up. So I was basically just quoting, I will post like a picture on my laptop somewhere and put the world is our office. And then finally I was like, you know what? I want to create a way to basically tell the stories of freelancers and people who've taken non-traditional journeys to like move across the world to work. They're working remotely as, as a, you know, a nomad. Like um, I want to be able to shine light on these women because a lot of times you don't hear those stories. So um, the world is our office podcast was born kind of on accident. 
um, I had two bloggers who were doing interviews first and they were recording the interviews and I listened to them. I was like, wait, this is content. Like, let's figure this out. So I uploaded them to SoundCloud first before it got on all the other platforms and people were listening. So um, I basically started the podcast, but I also feel like the women, my bloggers didn't understand freelancing and being, you know, um, out in the world the way that I did. So I felt like it was best for me to take off the show as a host because I was curating all the questions, picking the guests and really like putting time into um, the way that, you know, the content we were putting out. So I took over the podcast. Yes. So I want to ask you, what advice would you have for a woman that's working a nine to five and perhaps she's scared to step out on stage? What would you tell her? First of all, I try to stray people away from feeling like they have to quit their job just cold turkey flat out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be hard to create anything if you're broke. Like, how are you going to flow? How are you going to take care of your own personal bills? How can you make money um, to invest into your, your business or into your brand? So I would suggest what I did was I basically freelance. I still do it. So companies may not always be looking to hire an, an entire company to help them, but they will look for freelancers to jump on the team to help them. So consider freelancing instead of jumping off completely off the cliff from nine to five all the way to entrepreneurship. That's a big stretch. And people try to act like they're really close together, but they're not. Um, freelancing is a sweet spot. So a lot of the money that I've made to be able to invest into the businesses that I create have been from freelancing. Freelancing has also given me the opportunity to, um, keep control over the way that I work, which is what a lot of people complain about. It's just their schedules, not being able to make their own schedule. Um, and so that's kind of how I've been doing it. Um, I would also suggest doing research, taking your time to make sure that what you want to do in the market is actually a need for it. Even if a million other people are doing it, don't get discouraged. You can still bring something unique to the space. It doesn't matter how many other people are doing it. Just make sure you do your research to see like, if this company is doing this, how can I make it different? How can I make it better? And that's kind of how I approach um, starting new businesses and new ventures. Yes. I love that because I feel like sometimes when people have an idea for something, they also oftentimes get discouraged because they're like, oh, well, somebody else is doing this or so it many people matter. doing this. I'm like, okay, well, if that was the case, like I, I think it was somebody said something about the basketball players. It was like, that wouldn't be a Kobe Bryant if he was like, oh, That's my is doing this. Like you can always step out on your own and think about how you can make your product or your idea unique to serve people, so. Exactly. And there's a time and space for everyone. So like you mentioned, Michael, Kobe, LeBron, each of them have had seasons where they were the greatest. So you don't necessarily have to step into a space and, and wait to be the greatest. You do the work. You you're you need to become known for doing the work. So I'm not a person who has an influencer level platform, but I know a lot of people. I have a lot of relationships and I do the work. So when it's time for me to be seen and when it's time for more people to know about me, they will. Um, And I think a lot of people are more focused on being known as the best or the greatest that they can't even get the day-to-day work done. And I, this is not the way to approach, you know, really building something that will last. Yes. And speaking of what you just said, I was listening to the latest upload um, in your podcast. And I love that you said that in a generation full of finessing, let your work speak for itself. You have to be accountable to yourself, the people you work for and the work that you do. You got to take it all the way to the finish line. 
because yes. I, like in this age of just social media and everybody's going to put stuff out just to make it look like they're doing something it's kind of like yes. you need to be putting in the work for whatever you're trying to accomplish and not just trying to make it look good so yes that is exactly it and we were just talking I know couple weeks ago with uh B Simone's book situation that's a great example no shade to her because I'm still proud of what she's been able to accomplish but it's a great example of what rushing looks like you know you're not taking time to vet the information or you're not taking time to make sure that things are being launched in quality like don't rush to get it done like put the work in so that when it gets when it comes out you know that you did your best. It's a different feeling to have something done than it is to have something done and you know it was everything that you had in you to give at that time. So I never feel bad, even if something doesn't come out um, the best 100%. If I put my heart into it, I'm okay with that being my best at that time, you know, because you have time then to develop. Don't get caught up on, on perfect, but also don't rush to hurry up and launch something that may not be, you know, exactly what, you want the world to see. Yes. And you know, it's true. Oprah was not made in a day. You got to put that grind in. Not. You got to hustle. Mm-hmm. And definitely not compare yourself to other people. I feel like go at your own pace and don't look at the yes. rest. Focus on yes. You. That's exactly it. <laughs> yes. Um. So I noticed you worked on Embrace LA, which celebrated ah! strong. Okay. Yes. You did. But yes, I know you worked on Embrace LA, which celebrated strong, influential women in LA. So can you tell me more about that? So those are two different projects. So um, Embrace LA was um, a curated program around awareness around um, racial issues in Los Angeles. So basically, it was an an answer to the 2018 call to action that Obama made asking people in neighborhoods to have intimate conversations around race Mm -hmm. um, and around how that affects us in our community. So I was a part of the second part of Embrace LA, the initial part, they did a hundred dinners. The second part, I think we did 30 and it was really great and successful. Um, So that was one project. I think you're referring to strongest plus one brunch with Nike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was working with um, an agency at that time. Um, and we basically produced that event in 18 days. So it was beautiful. LeBron basically created this HFR uh, 16 shoe that was to celebrate all of the strongest women in his life and in the industry. And so it was like 60 women. Um, it was very intimate, but the creators, the co-creators of the shoe um, with HFR, they were there as well. And it was beautiful. It was one of my favorite events to work on um, just because the team was great to work with. We did a lot of work really quickly and it still came out really great. So that was one of my, one of my favorites. Okay. So with all the many projects that you worked on from social justice to the beauty, uh, which I love, it was the um, woman of color and just celebrating your hair. I seen that one. That was so yeah. nice. From Ebony to Nike. So I wanted to know, like, so what role do you play in making sure these projects are a success? That's a great question because the role changes. So I like to, if you, I have a portfolio online and I list out what my specific role is in each one because I don't like or believe in taking credit for other people's roles. 
And a lot of the work that we do in the event production space is collaborative. It has to be in order for things to go out off without a hitch. So as a producer, I'm basically the point of contact for all things moving. You know, that's um, all logistics, that's staffing, that's hiring vendors, that's coordinating talent, getting their writers, making sure that their sound writers are fulfilled. Um, creating run of shows. Like I do all of the things, whatever's moving, I touch it. Um, Mm -hmm. For a project like Nike HFR, I was a production coordinator with that team. So sometimes if you jump on with a bigger brand, you may have a lesser role, but I was always okay with that as long as I could still, you know, develop skills and and get the experience. So I was actually a, a coordinator for that one, but I maybe coordinated 11 vendors. So the day of, I'm running around, you know, checking in vendors, making sure all the pieces are moving and things are flowing as much as possible, dealing with permitting and all of that great stuff. So it's really, um, I love production because no two projects are ever the same. Every day is literally different. Every day is a toss up. But I love being able to stand back and like see people enjoying moments that I know that I was a part of. And then also them not knowing that you're the person that was responsible for what's happening. I love that. Okay, so now let's get into Digital Jane. Yay, my new baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so um, basically you help women-owned businesses in building their brands. Um, Can you tell me more about the services that you offer? Yeah, so the Digital Jane was actually inspired by the world. It's her office. I wanted to be able to, they all connect. They all really connect. Um, But I wanted to be able to provide women the opportunity to make money from home using skills that they already have. So on one hand, I know women who are amazing, talented, have real life, real industry experience. They've graduated. They have their degrees. And they're looking for ways to either have a side hustle or to transition into working from home. And then on the other hand, I know amazing women in business who have been in business for five plus years who are now scaling, their businesses are growing, but they need help. It's not always logical to get a brick and mortar business right away or to hurry up and hire someone full time. You may just need, you know, support. So starting the Digital Jane was us fulfilling two needs. And I love that about it because it's twofold. And we help people with project management, brand support, their social media marketing. Um, If they just need virtual assistance with, organizing their Google Drive or their email or um, creating an onboarding process for their clients or their team members. We help them with all of those things. I believe a successful business starts in the back end and you will be profitable if you take time to build out systems on the back end of your business before you go and get logos and branding and all the fun stuff. You know, you have to take care of the inside of the business. Um, So since COVID has happened, I've been working so closely in the digital Jane more so than I was before because I was so busy Um, and I hired myself so I'm now like a project manager for the company Um, and it's going really well we're we're going through now the process of rebranding so we'll have a a new site to check out in October okay I was just about to ask you that I was like with COVID going on how's that affected any of your operations yeah it definitely has so even production is moving which is my personal primary source of income and how I'm able to invest in my businesses. Um, So I had to really sit, first I cried. I was Mm -hmm. depressed and I cried for a couple of weeks. Then I had to think like, what can I do if the digital Jane is all all admin work? 
I don't necessarily want to take all of my years of skills and just do admin work. So how can I make the service better and continue to build out what we actually offer? And so we made a pivot from just virtual assistants to now, like we have project admins because my team, they're skilled. They're not just admins. These are real women who have been, you know, doing work in business and different businesses behind the scenes for years. So I wanted to make sure that the services reflected them as well. And then also be able to feel good about work that I do. So um, I basically changed it up a little bit to where now we have project admins who work directly with clients and their day-to-day needs behind the scenes. And then project managers, which like myself, I basically oversee how the project admins approach their work. Um, I map out timelines for them to do. And I also work on um, projects that are um, on a project manager skill set. So that has been how I've been combating everything that's going on because we really don't know when events will happen. Um, And since I do large events, it's like best to just keep going. You know, I can't sit and wait for the industry to open back up. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like with COVID, I think things are going to get into more technology-based. Um, mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for women entrepreneurs that have been affected by COVID? Because um, like you said, maybe they have businesses that required audiences of people. Um, so mm-hmm. what advice would you have them in the transition to like the new world? Or Because I don't think things aren't going back to normal for a while. So They won't. I don't think that our normal that we had before is going to exist the way that, it's, the way that it did before. Um, so I would say first, give yourself some grace because things are, you can only control so much. And I think a lot of the anxiety and disappointment and frustration that we have comes from trying to control things outside of our control. Um, so first, number one, give yourself some grace. Number two, ask for help. There are a lot of organizations. There are a lot of corporations who are doing grants. Um, you can even get a, a loan through the SBA if needed. I would just try to apply for everything that you need to keep yourself afloat. Um, there, are, sometimes it gets overwhelming because there's so many in your life. If I do this application, like, will I get it? I don't know. Just try it, you know, carve out time out of your, your day to look for resources and then to apply as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I would say, think about your pivot, plan for your pivot. So, Whatever it is that you're doing now, if it can't exist in this space where we're stepping into digital, then how can you use skills that you already have, repurpose them in order to step into the next part of your career? So that's kind of what I was just explaining. Um, I come from event production. That can happen. But a lot of event production is organization. It's creating systems. It's communication. So I'm reusing those skills in the digital game every single day, even though I miss running around with a headset on. Um, I'm still talking on the phone a lot. You know, I'm still communicating with a lot of new clients. So sometimes we just have to really take a step back to get a bird's eye view of everything and just give yourself time to see it because it may not happen right away. Yes. Um, Another question I wanted to know, what is the key to staying motivated? Um, Because I know that you said you kind of came out to LA and but you've been very successful. You've been doing your thing for four years now. So what do you think is the key to you? How you stay motivated for self-preservation? That is a great question Um, because happiness and motivation is fleeting. You know, you could be up one day, you having the best day, you up at seven, you online, like you're doing all the things and the next day you're like, I don't want to get out of bed. 
Um, so one thing that I like to do is to make sure that I am sticking to my routine. So over the years, I've developed just a natural flow of getting up at seven. I'm up by seven. Just doesn't matter what I did the night before. I am up. My body just wakes me up. Um, and then even though COVID has happened, I allow my day to kind of flow a little looser than I normally would. Meaning instead of getting online, you know, up at seven online by eight, I'm like up at seven. I do like a whole hour of self-care, whatever that is for that day. It could be meditation, walking in the neighborhood, having tea, scrolling Instagram. I don't know. Whatever it is, I give myself an entire hour to go through the motions of my day before I touch work. Um, by 930, I'm online and then I just write down a list. So motiv mo motivation to me comes from knowing that I have things to get done, you know, and being able to cross them off because once you cross off one, it gives you motivation to do the next and then the next and then the next. So I always tell people who have trouble organizing their day to start with small tasks in the morning, if you can tackle all of the little stuff, because it'll give you the energy in order to do the big stuff, you know? Um, and then of course, eat, you know, I think on when I was on production, I would eat one big meal a day. And my body would suffer because of that. And I was so used to that. But now that I'm home, I'm taking time to prepare meals more, you know, just really slowing down to pay attention to what I'm putting into my body and things like that. So um, just all of those things combined is what keeps me motivated to like keep going because it'll change. You know, you'll have seasons of your life where certain things motivate you, then you may need to push that up a little bit for the next season. Yes. Um, so also with COVID going on, I know a lot of people are starting to learn about themselves or their talents or their gifts. And some people are starting to start businesses during this mm -hmm. time. So what advice would you have for women that know how to do a little bit of everything, but they want to, how could you help them narrow it down? What would you tell them? Man, I would say Issa Ray is a perfect example of that she's most, she, she's what they consider a multi hyphenate artist. Like she does so many things right mm -hmm. but the beauty in being able to do so many things like how I always have to break down to people how many things I got going on because it's a it seems like a lot but it didn't all just happen at once you know and once you have things rolling you can move on to the next thing so I would say start with your strongest skill set what is it that you do the best what is it that you can be profitable what what can you use within your toolbox skills um, to be profitable. What's going to make you the most money to flow to other things? So I would start there. And once you have a general idea of how that's going, you've had enough time to get some feedback, you know, you've gotten comfortable in it, then launch the next thing. Um, I know, also know a lot of people who just do a bunch of side hustles, you know, so you also have to decide if you want to just be a side hustler, maybe you do three or four things, or do you want to focus in on one and then gradually launch the others as you go? So it really just depends on what your primary, um, what your primary career is and then all of the other things that you want to launch. But I say do it all. Don't let people make you feel like you have to just do one thing or stick to one thing. You can do all of the things. Do all of the things, but just launch them in a way in which um, it doesn't confuse your, your audience, number one. And then number two, it's not overwhelming you because you don't want to burn out. Yeah. And one thing I'm going to um, end it on this note. I love what you said in your podcast. You said God gave you a unique skill set. Uh, God gave you a unique skill set and only you can do that. So figure out what he that did. is and you kind of 
get in there. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. It was such a joy talking to you. You're very knowledgeable and uh, thank you for your insight. Um, so tell me where can they find you on social media and your website as well. Yes, thank you, AJ. I really enjoyed this. Um, you can find me directly on Instagram at meet Alice Foy. You can find the Digital Jane at the Digital Jane. Um, Jane Ella Pros at Jane Ella P R O D S and Jane Ella Co at Jane Ella C O. And all of the websites are exactly the same. So um, the only difference is my website is alicefoy.com. But I would love to connect with you all. Thank you so much for watching. Yes, everybody, make sure you find her and look her up, guys. And as for me, I am AJ. You can follow me on Instagram at Crimson Pearl. And thank you all for joining us. This is Black Hollywood Live Conversation. See you next time. Bye. On behalf of our PHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital okay. broadcast oh, yeah, network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined.